The following is a presentation of The Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at connectionchurchnc.com. Amen. How are you guys doing? Did you enjoy that worship? I did. I, I was back here worshiping with you guys. Uh, man, and, and listen, I, I wanted to come here. I just need to be sitting with you guys this morning because um, I want one thing to be said about this place. Not this building, not this gym, not this school, not even Connection Church when we have our own building. But there's one thing I want to be said about this place is that this is a place where we can be very real and very honest and open. Amen? This is a safe place, right? Like, we aren't judging you. We're not pointing you out. Uh, we don't care what you're wearing. I don't care where you came from here. I don't care. I just love the fact that we can be honest and we can be open and transparent, and we don't have it all together. Is that okay to say? I, I don't have it all together, and, and I just want to be very open and transparent because it's been said about me from some people who are the closest to me. Scott, I just don't know what's going on inside of your brain. Well, that's for your own protection that I keep it that way. But what we are getting ready to journey into this morning, man, is I'm going to let you inside of this brain. And I'm going to lay you inside of my life for just about 20 or 30 minutes here this morning. And man, I I just want to say, I'm probably the least qualified in this room to be standing up here talking about what we're getting ready to talk about this morning. Okay? I'm just going to say it, and I'm going to be very open, and I'm going to be very honest. But I'm going to let you inside of this brain and what God is dealing with me. Because he allows me to go through things so then I, in return, can share them with you. I'm going to be speaking this morning to the Christians in the room. Okay? Like if you said yes somewhere in your life to Jesus, I need you as my Savior because I'm a wreck and I'm a mess and I need someone greater than myself to control my life. I love Jesus that's who I'm speaking to this morning. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you're here with you, uh, us celebrating Mother's Day, man, I am so honored that you're here with us. I'm going to talk to you a little bit later in this message, but man, I am going to challenge the Christ followers. And I'm going to challenge you in this. I'm not going to give you a list of things to do. I don't ever want to be known as someone who gives a talk or a message or a sermon. And it, I leave and you leave and I've told you all of these things to do. You do this, and you do this, and you do this, and then you go on your way. But I want to be known as someone who communicates the gospel message to you in such a way where you challenge your own thinking. Not into a to-do list, but you challenge your thinking into this, that you leave this building asking yourself questions. So that's what I'm going to challenge you today, because I believe with what God has laid on my heart, what he has brought me to I didn't say he has brought me through it yet, but what God has brought me to and where he is leading me, I'm having to ask myself a lot of questions. And so I pray that as you leave here today, your thinking is challenged. Because I'm going to challenge you in your mindset, that your mindset has to change the way we view our loving God. And so today, that's what we're going to do. And so, God, I am so unworthy to be standing here with this microphone on. I thank you for where you have me. I thank you what you have brought me to. God, I happen to know through your Holy Spirit 
that I am not the only one in this place. There are many of us Christ followers dealing with much of the same thing. And so will your Holy Spirit today say things that my human voice could never muster? God, challenge us. We're open to whatever you have to say to us. Jesus, thank you for being a Savior who loves us. And it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. And, you know, there's a saying that goes around in our world today that makes me feel very inadequate. It makes me feel a little less than what I should as a man. And it's this statement, when the going gets tough, finish it for me. You guys got it. Man, I don't like that statement because I am not one who can get going. I'm not a doer like that. Like, I envy all of the first responders in this room. Like, if you're a first responder, a fireman, a police officer, an EMS, a first responder across the board, man, I thank God for you men and women because God has called you to something very special. He didn't call me to do it because when the tough gets going, like my brother-in-law, who is a fireman, he's also the chaplain of the High Point Fire Department, man, when the tough get going, those people who have that instinct, man, they run. And they go do. And when the tough get going, man, they just get going tougher. And they do these things that I could never do in a million years because that's not the way God made me. When I see chaos and catastrophe and disaster, do you know what I do? I freeze. I've seen it. I saw a dude get run over in Atlanta. And I was with my brother-in-law. And he took off running across the roads and he went over and revived this dude back to life. You've heard this story. If you haven't heard it, I'll tell you some other time. But I froze. You do not want me on the scene if you get hit by a car. I promise you. Like if you get hit by a car and I'm on the scene, just know that I will be praying greatly for you because you're probably about to die. Okay? I freeze in the moment. And so I don't like the fact that when the going gets tough, the tough get going. But I do other things. You see, I think it's all about us doing things. Isn't that the culture that we live in? If the tough is tough, we got to go do something. And I am a doer. Like I struggle with doing so much. I do for all of the wrong reasons. I do so you will like me. I do so that you will approve of me. I do because that's where I find my worth and my value. I do so that I can have an applause. And I do so that I can have a pat on the back. I do those things out of the wrong motives. And I'm not the only Christ follower in the room who struggles with that. And so we have to have a shift in our thinking, Christians, that it is not about all of this doing because what has happened is that mindset has slipped into how we view God and our relationship with Him. If I do, God will love me. If I obey all of these rules, God will love me. If I show up first and do more than anyone else, then God will have greater value in me. I will be looked at 
and God will look at me and he will approve of me and he will accept me. Christians, am I speaking only to myself? And we've allowed this mindset to shape the way we are. And can I tell you that that is a very unhealthy way to view God and our relationship with him. And so we have to shift our thinking as far away from doing to something totally different. It's not about doing. See, I want to tell you a story about a little boy by the name of Peter. And a little boy by the name of Peter was not the sharpest in his class. And Peter was definitely not the smartest. And so you see, Peter, because... As he grew up into his teenage years, he did not qualify himself to go into the trade of choice or fulfill the dreams of all the teenage boys back in Peter's day. You see, back in Peter's day, a teenager went through the education system and he kept on going and he was chosen. The smartest and the brightest and the most qualified were chosen They were chosen to follow certain rabbis. But Peter, because he wasn't the sharpest or the smartest, he basically was disqualified from being chosen or following any rabbi. You see, following a rabbi back in Peter's day was like it is in our day today. Our little boys are growing up because they want to be like LeBron James. They want to be like Tiger Woods. They want to be like whoever is in the inn and the most popular. That was the dream of Peter and all of those teenage boys is they wanted to be chosen to follow a rabbi. But because of Peter's knowledge of the Hebrew text, Peter was basically disqualified. And so when a little boy in his teenage years did not have the capacity to remember and memorize the Hebrew text, they basically defaulted on their dream And they went into the family business. And Peter's family business just happened to be, well, they were fishermen. And so that's what Peter defaulted into. So Peter, like any good Jewish boy who wasn't smart enough or good enough, he followed in his father's footsteps instead of the local rabbi. Peter was a fisherman. There's some of us in this room today who know how Peter must have felt. Because we had big dreams. And in our culture, we wanted to follow a rabbi. And we had this plan all mapped out And this is the way life is going to look. But for some reason, somewhere along the line, we had to not only settle for not first, but some of us feel like here today that we're fourth and fifth and sixth best in our life options. We feel like we have disqualified ourselves from living the life that we had dreamed of. And so we find ourselves 
Instead of following a rabbi, we find ourselves doing, and you fill in the blank. You find yourself doing something less than following a rabbi. I would love to be able to have the time this morning to talk to many of you and ask you what you fill your blank in with. And I believe if we were honest in this room this morning, some of us struggle with the way that we filled in our blank. Some of us feel less than worthy because of how we fill in our blank. Some of us struggle deeply with how we fill in our blank. Some of us have our blank filled out and we remember back how it used to be. Some of us, we fill in the blank with what we are doing right now and we are very unsatisfied. You see, there's... Something that you need to know before we go any further here this morning. I don't want you to feel like you've disqualified yourself because you have not done enough. Could it be that our God is so sovereign and so amazingly good and loving that he has called you right where you are? Your doing has not disqualified. You may be exactly where God needs you to be with whatever you filled in your blank with. I want you to hear this. You're called to where you are for a purpose. You see, the scripture says this, where Paul is writing. Paul says this in Colossians chapter 3 verse 17. He says, and whatever you do, wherever you are called to today, whatever you do, and whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so some of us may not like where we find ourselves. We may feel like we have done something wrong or we have disqualified ourselves and our doing wasn't enough. Maybe our shift in thinking needs to be this. God has me right where he wants me. Maybe God is wanting to use you right where you are. And it's not your doing, but it's about who Christ has you being right now. You see, Peter could have thought that. Day after day, he threw his nets out into the water. I don't know if Peter thought this way because in the Bible it doesn't say this. We just have to sort of paint the picture in ourselves. But I wonder if Peter cast in those nets and said to himself, Man, I wish I could be following a rabbi. Look at all my friends who are following rabbis and some of them have now even become rabbis themselves as he cast in the net and as he fished every day. But then one day, when Peter thought that he had been disqualified because he had not done enough, one day the unthinkable happens. The unthinkable happens in Peter's day. A rabbi comes along the seashore 
while Peter is fishing, a Jewish rabbi walks by and he does something absolutely amazing. A rabbi calls out to to Peter. Now remember, Peter was not the sharpest, the smartest, or the brightest. He did not qualify to follow a rabbi. But a Jewish rabbi comes by. And this is what Matthew says in Matthew chapter 4. I love how Matthew records this. You see, Matthew writes this in detail. Because we've got to understand a little bit about Matthew and how he wrote. You see, Matthew in his former life was a tax collector. Matthew was very detail-oriented. He kept numbers to the T. He crossed all of his T's and he dotted all of his I's because he was very concerned with the details. And so in his detailed recording of what happened with this Jewish rabbi calling Peter, we read his words in Matthew chapter 4. It says this, that Jesus, you see, Jesus was that Jewish rabbi. It says, Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. And this Jewish rabbi by the name of Jesus, he says, come follow me. You see, that's how I, that's how I figured you would respond to that. Because we've got to understand something here. There's not a single one of us in this room that are called because we're qualified. There's not a single one of us in this room that Jesus has called to come follow him. Hey, Christian, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus, you've done that not because you have worked your way up the Christian ladder. You're called by Jesus to surrender your life to him and come follow him, not because of who you are. You see, Peter, Peter wasn't called now in his life to come follow Jesus because Peter all of a sudden became qualified. Peter had done nothing different. Peter had only fished his whole life. He did not go back to school. He didn't go get a seminary degree. He didn't go get any kind of master's degree. He didn't even go back and get his high school diploma. Peter went and fished. And so Peter's qualification did not go up. But for some reason, this Jewish rabbi named Jesus walked past him one day and he called him. He said, Peter, come follow me. And we've got to understand this, church, is that you are called and you're qualified not because of who you are, but you're qualified because of the one who called you. And so I don't care where you are. I don't care what fills in your blank. I don't care if you feel like you have done absolutely nothing to deserve Jesus' qualification because he's called you. You are qualified. So our shift in thinking has to be away from doing And Peter did nothing. 
in all actuality, Peter failed another test. Because later on in Peter's life, he was out on a boat. He was out there on a boat and there was a big storm and, and there was a lot of chaos and confusion taking place. And, and the fishermen in his boat, they saw this image walking across the water. And, and they realized that maybe it was a ghost or Peter thought it may even be this Jewish rabbi named Jesus. And Peter said to him, Matthew again records these details in Matthew 14. Peter cries out to him. He said, hey Jesus, if that's you, call me out onto the water so that I can walk with you. And because it was Jesus, Jesus called Peter out. If you have your Bible, it's Matthew 14. Let's look at these details. Because I want you to see what takes place. And in Matthew 14, let me just pick up my reading here in verse 28. He says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, Jesus says, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. You see, once again, Peter did not qualify. And we've read this story in church so many times. And we think that Jesus just really let Peter have it. Because Peter did not make the cut once again. Peter, you just disqualified yourself because we've read it that Jesus' tone was this. Peter, you of little faith in me. How could you have such little faith in me, Jesus? Why did you doubt me, Peter? But could it be that Jesus didn't say it that way? you got to remember who called Peter. The same person who called Peter qualified Peter. And so here's where this gets very personal for me. It's because I believe Jesus was not saying, Peter, how could you doubt me? You of little faith in me. Peter, I called you out on this water and I qualified you to walk on this water. How could you doubt me? When I don't think Peter was doubting Jesus at all. I don't think Peter had little faith in Jesus at all. Jesus was not sinking into the water. If Jesus would have started to sink, I can understand how he would have doubted Jesus. But Jesus was standing firmly on the water. And so Peter, much like myself and much like many of you in this room, when he started to sink... He didn't lose faith in Jesus. He started to lose faith in himself that he was called and that he was qualified by the one who was still standing on the water. Peter, why do you doubt yourself? Why do you have such little faith in yourself? And the answer is this. It's because Peter was doing 
a bad job of walking on water. And some of us in this very room, including myself, when we see things start to not do like we planned them, we start to lose faith, not in Jesus, but we start to lose faith in the one who called us. We start to lose faith in the fact that he qualified us. And so where God has brought me to is that I have faith in Jesus. I sometimes struggle with having faith in myself. God, I can't do this. So our shift in our thinking has to be, maybe it's not about doing Maybe it's not so that we do so that we get the accolades, that we do so that we have approval, that we do that we can have an applause. Maybe it's not about me showing up first and leaving last. Maybe it's not about me doing more than anyone else. What if I can have faith in the fact that he called me and that he also qualified me? And no matter what I do, no matter what my scoreboard says, that God loves me, he sees value in me, he approves of me, he loves me and cherishes me simply because of my existence. Could God be that good? That he's not concerned with my doing He simply wants me to be. I know that's a struggle for some of us. And it does challenge our thinking. And so you mean to tell me I've been doing all of these things and I've not gone up in God's eyes? No. Some of us struggle with the doing. And if we're honest, you're scared to death of the thought of simply being. You see, Jonah struggled with it. How did he struggle with it? Jonah struggled with it so much that God had to provide a way out of his doing. You see, Jonah was all about the doing. He loved preaching good messages. He loved people's approval. He loved their applause. But it says in Jonah chapter 1 verse 17, I want you to see this. As we looked at this last week, I want to pick up right here. Jonah 1 17, it says, The Lord provided a great fish. And it says that Jonah spent three days and three nights in the belly of that well. Do you know why he was spending three days and three nights in the belly of a well? Because inside of that well, he could do nothing. You think it's dark in here. Can you imagine his setting? He couldn't conduct a great message where thousands of people would hear him. He could not do anything that would get the people's applause. He could do absolutely nothing in the belly of the well. The only thing he could do 
was B. He could only be Jonah. Nothing great. Nothing flamboyant. Nothing exciting. Just be Jonah. And simply because he existed as Jonah, he was still loved. And he was still protected. And he was still being provided for. He was cherished. He didn't know it at the time that he was in the belly of that well, but he was getting ready to be used once again by God. And he was doing nothing to qualify himself for that. He was simply existing. Christ followers in the room, I know where some of you are. Because this is something that I deal with almost on a daily basis. One of the hardest things for me to do in being obedient to God, knowing that I have a Savior in Jesus, is simply being. I struggle because I want to go out there and earn some of God's love. And the fact is this. I can't earn one ounce more of God's love than I already have. I am working, and I am praying, and I am trying to do less and just simply be more. But Scott, what about all this stuff? You say we serve here, and we do all of these things in this community, and we're going to change this community in the name of Jesus. Listen, I love the fact that it's Mother's Day. I love it. Your mothers love you. Oh, they're not perfect, but they love you dearly. They've loved you dearly. And we've experienced the mother's love many of us have. And I ask you, those of you with those loving mothers, you don't do for your mother simply because you need to do. You see, your response to receiving her love compels you to go out and do for her. And if it's that way with our earthly mother, we cannot imagine what our God, our God's love will compel us to do. But I'm trying. I'm trying to do it out of the right motives of simply reflecting God's love from my being. I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads, and we're going to deal with some things real quick. I know that there's some of us in this room, and we need to be prayed with and for this morning. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, and you are where I am, like God has brought you to this, and he's not yet brought you through this, I'm just going to ask you, hey, Scott, I I, I love Jesus with all my heart, but I am so tired of doing. 
I am so tired of trying to earn God's approval and earn his acceptance. And I am tired of doing to try to be cherished by God. I just want to know, Scott, that I can be and receive God's love. If that's you today, would you just lift up a hand? Yeah. Hey, listen, if you raise the hand, would you just look up here at me? Every head's bowed and eyes closed. If you just raise the hand, I want you to look up here at me. Listen, this may be one of the most difficult things that we go through. Stopping some sin that was leading us into a crazy area of our life is going to be easy compared to some of us having to stop doing all the stuff that we do and simply being. For those of you who are looking at me right now, what I want you to know is that you walk out of this room today because you exist as a child of God, you are loved. And there's nothing that you could ever do. There's nothing that you could ever accomplish that will have God loving you more than he does right now. There's some of us in this room today that we came to this place and we came as a guest and we don't even really know why we're here. Can I tell you that this starts by surrendering a life to Jesus And if you're here today and and you know that you've never surrendered your life to Christ, listen, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. What I'm going to challenge you to do is be sensitive to that voice. We call him the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to be sensitive to his leading today because he loves you. Not because what you've done. Not because what you're going to do. He simply loves you so much. That he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for you. And if that's you today, you know you want a relationship with Jesus. As you leave out of this room, you're going to see a table that says, what's next? There's going to be people who love you. There's going to be people who are interested in your next step. And on that table, you're going to see a card that says that you want a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to challenge you to pick up one of those cards today. And on the back of it are some instructions. What I love about those instructions is that they lead you to someone who is going to walk with you, pray with you, help you in your next steps. So if you today know God is asking you to give your life to his son Jesus, that's your next step. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for who you are. And I thank you that you qualify us simply because you called us to where and who we are. God, I pray for every Christian in this room that has said yes to your son Jesus at some point in their life. I pray, God, that you will fill them with your Holy Spirit and they will see more confidence in their life. And they will know that it's not about doing, 
but it's simply being who you called them to be. God, may your love fall over all this place. And may we leave out of here. And even though it turns into Monday, we do not leave out of your presence. God, thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son Jesus to die for us. May we understand fully that in him is where we get our worth. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for Jesus. And it's in his precious name that we pray these things.